Hello and welcome to H2 Orthopedics. My name is Mike Begg. I'm a certified physician assistant and certified athletic trainer. I have a doctorate degree in medical science and over 30 years of experience in sports medicine, orthopedics, and medical education. My goal is to take your orthopedic diagnosis or injury and help you make sense of it. Welcome to H2 Orthopedics. Welcome to H2O. Today's topic is uh, a biceps injury, and uh, I guess I've been kind of asked to officiate a bit of a, a family feud here. Uh, Tony sent in a message saying, hey, we're, uh, we were at Thanksgiving dinner, and the topic came up about a biceps injury uh, that uh, his buddy had, and someone at the table said, oh, you don't need to have surgery on that, and someone else at the table said, oh, yeah, absolutely, you need to have surgery on that. And so Tony just said, hey, could you just help us out here and answer the question? The real answer, Tony, is I don't know. It depends on what you're talking about. And we'll get into that in just a second. But we're talking about biceps tendon injuries, and uh, that'll be our topic today. So here we go. So the reason I can't answer that question with just that brief bit of information is uh, really it depends. Uh, It's the easy way out, I guess. It's the, the, the easy answer. But it really depends on what part of the biceps we're talking about. So let's go back to to just normal anatomy. The biceps is the muscle in the front of our our upper arm. Uh, you flex your biceps, and you can, it's the bigger muscle in the front of the arm. Its job is to to bend the elbow or flex the elbow. So bring your hand towards your shoulder, and it also its job is to uh, what we call supinate the forearm. So if you're you're standing with your elbow, let's say your elbow's pinned to your chest wall, your elbow's bent at ninety degrees, and your palm is facing down towards the ground. Uh, like you're trying to push yourself out of the pool, for instance, you're going to get out of the water, that position you're pushing down. Um, if you were to take that position hand down to palm up, that's called supination. And the biceps is responsible for that motion as well. So the so those are the two primary motions of the biceps. There's some shoulder stabilization and some shoulder motion for the long head of the proximal part of the biceps. But uh, in general, let's just go with those two motions. So the the question comes to what part of the biceps, so the tendon is the is the portion of the biceps that attaches muscle to bone. That's the true definition of any tendon anywhere in our body. If we look at the shoulder, the biceps, so by meaning two, there's two muscle bellies that make up that muscle itself. Those two tendons kind of split as they come towards the top of the shoulder, and they create what we call the short head and the long head of the biceps. Now, the short head kind of dives over towards the midline of the body, so, so more towards the inside or the medial side of your body, uh, and joins up with um, something called the corcobrachialis muscle, and they together kind of blend together uh, and form a conjoint tendon or a common tendon that attached to a little, little bone that comes off your shoulder blade uh, called the coracoid. Uh, so that's the short head. The short head is rarely injured. Again, we're talking about the upper end, so up towards your head what we would call a proximal end. The short head is rarely injured. I'll tell you, I've never seen it in 30 years. Uh, I'm sure it has happened. Uh, I've actually, I know it has happened. There's something called wakeboarder's arm. So kind of getting pulled like you're, uh, you know, you're on a wakeboard and that your arm suddenly gets jerked forward uh, with some force, kind of counter force. Uh, but again, it's super rare. Uh, I've never really have seen it. The long head, so the other head, so again, short head joins the, the corcobrachialis to, at the coracoid on the conjoint tendon. The long head actually goes into the shoulder joint itself. 
So it gets a little bit, a little bit deep in the weeds here, but uh, the rotator cuff, there's four muscles that make up the rotator cuff. The cuff tendon in the front is called the subscapularis. And the subscapularis comes across, if it's on the front side of your shoulder blade, follows your rib cage around, and then kind of wraps around the front, through your armpit, if you will, wraps around to the front of your shoulder. And its job is to bring your hand towards your belly and then eventually get your hand behind your back. Just slightly outside or lateral to where that attaches is an area called the bicipital groove. It's a little little trough in the in the top of the humerus, top of the arm bone, right above, excuse me, right below the shoulder joint. So just right above that is the actual glenohumeral ball and socket joint. And the long head of the biceps runs in that little groove, and there's actually an extension of that subscapularis called the biceps pulley that holds the, the biceps tendon in that groove, kind of stabilizes it in the groove. So a side note, if you have a subscapularis injury, you often have long head biceps tendon instability. It jumps in and out of that groove. Um, but it, hold, it holds that, that biceps in the groove. And then as the long head continues up you know, towards its end point, uh, it goes inside the shoulder joint, actually sits right on top of the, of the ball, inside the shoulder joint, so underneath the rotator cuff. So in front is the subscapularis, and then kind of on top or behind it is the supraspinatus. Those two are rotator cuff tendons we're talking about. Uh, it runs between those two and attaches to the top of the socket. Actually, it attaches to the glenoid uh, labrum, which is a rim of cartilage that then attaches together uh, to the bony socket. <clears throat> so that's the long head of the biceps. Both of these, short and long head I'm talking about, are up you know, towards the shoulder joint, not down towards the elbow. And if you injure the long head of your biceps, so you rupture the long head tendon on the shoulder end or the proximal end, um, oftentimes you do not need surgery. Now, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, if someone were to tear their long head biceps, we almost never fix them. In today's thought process in the orthopedic world, oftentimes we will fix them. And that's for a couple of reasons, in my opinion. Uh, there is some literature out there showing that if you can get that biceps out to length, get that muscle out to length uh, by doing a technique called a biceps tenodesis, where we actually reattach the biceps tendon in that groove. So just below the ball and socket joint, we can make a little incision. There's some special anchors that we can use and we can actually sew it down and eventually it'll heal down to that area, which is almost anatomic, just losing that part that goes inside the shoulder joint. Uh, it has better function, is at least what the, some of the studies have shown. I'll just tell you from personal experience, my father being a great example of this, you can tear your long head biceps and lead a very active, healthy, very functional life. My father was an avid golfer and a triathlete. And he called me one day and he said, I don't know what I was thinking. I had my golf bag, you know, in the back of my golf cart, had the strap you know, up above and a strap below holding it so it didn't fall out. I took the strap um, down below off, but I didn't take the one up top. I grabbed my bag, kind of twisted my body and just thought the bag was going to come with me. It was secure on the cart and something popped in the front of my shoulder. He described to me exactly what it sounded to be. Eventually when I saw him, it was exactly what it was, a long head biceps tendon rupture. And our treatment for him was, you know, take it easy for a couple of days. It bruised. It was, it was kind of impressive looking. Uh, the muscle itself changed shape a little bit. So we had what we term a Popeye muscle. So the long head uh, anchor point had slid down a little bit and kind of got caught in that groove rather than being attached to the top of the socket. So I'm going to say maybe it moved a, an inch, maybe an inch and a half. And because it moved downwards, the muscle could shorten a bit. Um, it scarred in there within a couple of weeks. And really within three weeks, he was out golfing 
and back in the pool and riding his bike and doing everything he wanted to. And he didn't really care about the cosmetics of it. So he, uh, he left it as that. I know a bunch of ranchers here in Colorado. And, uh, just as a kid, I remember seeing all of them, at least it seemed like all of them, you know, once they were in their fifties or sixties, they all had that kind of funny shaped biceps. And now, you know, retrospectively with the knowledge I have now, I could realize that they probably all tore their long head biceps working on the ranch and never, never, ever had it fixed. When we see someone come into the office that has that problem, we offer to them a, um, a procedure where we can surgically reattach, kind of stretch it back out to length and reattach it uh, to get better cosmetics for one. There's no question about that. It, it looks more normal and some people are very worried about that, uh, the appearance of their muscle. And then uh, at least some studies have shown some functional improvements uh, where the, the patient doesn't have what they call fatigue pain. The muscle itself gets fatigued if it's used repetitively. And a fairly low percentage, but uh, in some opinion, enough to, uh, to warrant a surgery. Uh, but again, the long head biceps up by the shoulder, so proximal long head biceps tendon ruptures don't always need surgery. Um, and again, there's probably areas of the country where they, they don't have surgery. There's other areas where maybe they're more aggressive with this. Depends on the demand that the patient's going to put on it and the patient themselves. Are they a relatively sedentary patient? Probably don't don't need to tino set biceps. Um, or are they relatively active and, and likely they would benefit from that? Another side note, if that biceps tendon has ruptured, the long head has ruptured up at the shoulder, there's a pretty good chance they have some rotator cuff pathology going on as well because those two are so intimately related. And I would say not only the subscapularis, like we talked about earlier, where that little bridge of tissue that holds the biceps in the bicipital groove uh, could have failed, causing inflammation to the bicep, causing it to, to kind of break down and then having you know, less ener energy cause the rupture or the failure. Uh, but uh, if a patient comes in and let's say they're in their 40s, 50s, or 60s, and they're relatively active, uh, upper extremity overhead athletes, and they've ruptured their long head biceps, it may warrant, um, it definitely warrants an examination of the rotator cuff, and it may warrant an MRI uh, to look at the rotator cuff to see if there is an additional pathology there. So again, uh, Tony, if that's what we're talking about, yeah, you, whoever said that they don't need surgery may have been spot on. And I could certainly cite at least my personal experience and, and back it up with some literature uh, that they're correct. Now let's go down to the elbow. So the distal biceps tendon. So again, two muscle, the muscle bellies, the short head, the long head. And we talk about the shoulder, they kind of split and the long head is more, much more common being injured. If we go down to the elbow, those two tendons, they still are separate tendons, but they somewhat join together. And in my mind, and I think a lot of other people's minds, it's easier to, con to consider them to be a common tendon. Um, when your palm is upwards towards the sky, or if you're standing with your arms straight you know, down to your sides and your palm is facing forward, the biceps tendon actually dives between the two forearm muscles right at the elbow and then wraps around and attaches to the radius, there's a little bump on the radius, uh, the radial tubercle that that biceps, a common distal biceps tendon attaches to. Um, <clears throat> and that's what gives you the, the ability to pronate or take your hand from palm down to palm up when you fire your biceps. You can feel that biceps tendon kind of in the front part of your elbow, that little pocket in your elbow there. Uh, you can feel that pretty big tendon, uh, pretty beefy tendon as it comes down in, and dives between those two uh, forearm bones way up towards the elbow. If you tear your common distal biceps tendon, again, when we say distal biceps, you're thinking both tendons, 
both heads are going to be involved, the, the short head and long head are likely going to be involved, then it, it becomes more of a consideration for surgery. There are definitely certain scenarios uh, where you don't need to have surgery on that distal tear. Let's say it's a partial tear. Let's say it's a complete tear, but it didn't retract or pull back uh, too far. It's still kind of in that general area, and there may be a chance for it to scar. More often than not, it means that that patient is fairly low demand, um, maybe has some illness or some reason that going to the operating room wouldn't be in their best interest. Um, but it certainly is, is, you know, a possibility that we would say surgical intervention is not needed in this case. Um, typically how these tendons tear, and I'll say that the, the uh, proximal by the shoulder, those tears are typically more degenerative in nature. Again, rotator cuff injury, kind of chronic inflammation, they tear. These distal biceps tendon tend to tear in forced extension of the elbow. And there's fairly common correlation with smoking, uh, with uh, anabolic steroid use, uh, with, uh, you know, there's other factors that go along, but this, this distal biceps tendon, you know, demographic is usually a fairly active, healthy, younger population uh, in their thirties, maybe it get into their forties. But um, I can think of two guys that, that have treated it was in the past, but they both came in real, I mean, within a week and they both had almost the exact same story where they were helping move a, a kind of a garden shed in someone's backyard, two separate instances, but they both were helping move a garden shed. It was on these, um, you know, long uh, railroad ties as a foundation. They were trying to pick the thing up and the other person dropped their end of that railroad tie and the you know, patient got hurt, kind of took the whole weight and it just forced their elbow into, into forced extension. And these guys were both in their thirties, both really strong weightlifting kind of guys. I don't know about the steroid use that's, you know, that, that could be put to the side, but they both had it, you know, a big physical build and they both tore their distal biceps tendon because that forced elbow flexion. So again, if it's torn down distally down by the elbow, uh, it's fairly obvious. Again, you have that deformity. It's what we call a reverse Popeye sign. So like my father described, he, he was tore up by the shoulder. That that biceps slid down in it. In it. Popeye has big forearms. He doesn't have big biceps, so it's kind of a misnomer to use that. Um, but it's a misshapen biceps tendon. It kind of has more of a peak to it. It's a shorter, taller muscle versus a longer, you know, more stretched out muscle. When it happens down at the elbow, the distal biceps, the same thing happens. That tendon pulls upwards and that biceps is deformed you know, in kind of a different direction, but it looks very much the same. One of the quick and easy tricks that we, or not really tricks, it's an exam finding, uh, that we use is to do what's called a hook test. So we put the patient in supination, palm towards the sky, elbow bent at 90 degrees, elbow tucked to their to their rib cage, and have them try to bring their, their hand towards the sky. And you can just kind of use your fingers to pinch right in that little pocket in the front of their elbow to see if that tendon is there. Kind of, It's called the hook test. You try to hook your finger around the backside of that tendon. If it's torn, you're not going to feel it. It's not going to be there. And it's painful for the patient, for one. They also have outside or lateral elbow pain where it has ripped off or evolved off that bone. Um, they lose the ability to supinate, hand going upwards towards the sky, so palm down to palm up, and they lose the ability or lose strength with elbow flexion. So, Again, typically we would go <clears throat> to the operating room for those patients after a full workup. So x rays would be taken to make sure a piece of bone didn't come off. Uh, an MRI uh, of the elbow, if it looks like it's distal, of the shoulder, if it looks like it's proximal. Again, looking for more rotator cuff, you know, uh, conjunctive or an association with the uh, biceps. And then, um, make a determination whether, whether there needs to be surgery on the shoulder, but at the elbow, if it's pulled, if it's pulled off and it's retracted, so it means that that, that muscle is shortened, 
So I often describe muscles to patients like, you know, a spring on a piece of wood. So I have a nail and a piece of wood. I hook one into the spring on it. I have a second nail, you know, a little bit further than the spring, you know, is when it's relaxed. So it stretches. I hook it on that, that second nail. So the spring is under tension. If I cut one in, it's going to retract or, or shorten. That's what happens to a muscle when the tendon fails. Uh, it retracts or shortens. So we have to measure the distance of retraction. Did that tendon pull off and then pull back, you know, more than say a centimeter? Uh, if it did, um, and everyone's a little bit different as far as their criteria and the patient and all this, but a centimeter or more is fairly significant retraction and typically leads us to, to suggest a surgical procedure where we go in and we find that tendon, we pass it again between the two forearm muscles and then wrap it around that, the radius, the outside bone there, and attach it to that tubercle. And the new techniques, we have fairly secure anchoring systems that we can use to to anchor that down and get it fairly a good fix. And then we have to, we talk to the patient about the recovery. So it's very gentle range of motion, very gentle supination and pronation, you know, forearm, hand up and palm down, palm up, palm down. Uh, and just putting some gentle stretch to that, that tendon as it's healing. Uh, the elbow is a joint that tends to get stiff if we hold it too still for too long. So we have to kind of balance that out. If a recommendation for non-operative treatment of a distal biceps tendon is, is what's right for the patient, that's what they choose, we have to explain to them that they may be giving up some function. So, you know, they will, will likely have some weakness with uh, that supination, palm down toward palm up positioning. So uh, that's, you know, those activities are turning a jar or, you know, taking a lid off a jar, turning a screwdriver, turning a doorknob. Those motions, you may lose, you know, upwards to 50% of your normal strength. Elbow flexion, so you know, like, like curling, you know, bringing your hand towards your shoulder, uh, you may lose. There's other muscles that do that. Uh, so you won't lose as much of that function as you do, say, the supination. But uh, you may lose, you know, 30 to 40% of the strength on that activity with not treating that distal biceps tendon rupture and just letting it heal in. It'll heal to something. It just depends on the length of tension on the muscle and how much power that muscle can then generate in somewhat of an abnormal length. So that's the, that's the answer, Tony. I don't, again, I don't know if you had a, a shoulder injury or elbow injury. Was it, you know, just the long head of the biceps up at the shoulder? I uh, really doubt it was a short head up at the shoulder because that's super rare. Uh, could be. That would probably, again, not having any experience and, and uh, anything to go on. I, I would say that's a surgical issue probably. Maybe not. Um, but the distal biceps tendon, the common biceps tendon down at the, at the elbow, more often than not, depending on the patient, if it's a young, healthy, active person, more often than not, surgical intervention is going to be recommended for that. Um, it's pretty successful. We can get that to heal back pretty well. you got to follow the protocol and, and do the right thing in the post-operative phases, but uh, fairly successful surgery getting that to heal back and giving the patient full function again. So, Tony, I didn't help you, man. Uh, you got to help me out a little bit more with your history, but that's the story of the biceps tendon issue and tears, uh, both proximal and distal. Um, hopefully it doesn't happen to you, uh, but if it does and it's that proximal long head tear, um, if you're willing to give up some, some of the, you know, cosmetics of the arm uh, and, uh, and, you know, maybe a little bit of fatigue pain, maybe a slight strength deficit, but if, but if you're just kind of an average Joe, I don't think you would notice that. You don't necessarily have to have surgery. That brings me to a kind of a final topic. If you waited, let's say you, you tore that distal uh, biceps tendon and you waited, you know, more than say three or four weeks, because that's really a fairly, uh, we need to get to this fairly early. So three or four weeks becomes a challenge. Um, we can still fix it, but we would have to put a graft, typically put a graft in uh, because that tendon shortens. 
And if we can't stretch it out to its original position of attachment, we have to bridge that gap or bridge that deficit. So you can weave in a uh, usually an allograft, which is a cadaver graft, another tendon, uh, sew that to your existing tendon and then use that as the bridge to get over to the bone. Uh, but the outcomes of that are not nearly as good as the primary pair of your tendon back to the bone where it came from. So if this is an issue that you think you may have been you know, suffering from yeah, or someone you know has an injury, at their elbow, they have deformity in their biceps, a lot of bruising. They have pain or issues with supination, or they have pain or issues with flexing their elbow. Uh, have them go see someone pretty quickly because uh, it is relatively time sensitive to get a good outcome with the surgical intervention. So there it is. Tony, I'm babbling about the biceps. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting part of our body. And uh, hopefully it's not you, and hopefully it's nobody in your family. And whoever it was, I hope they got taken care of uh, and they, uh, they're doing well. Uh, but that's it. If it's proximal, probably doesn't need surgery unless they're super active and they're worried about the cosmetics. If it's distal, uh, then they likely would have to have a surgical intervention to get it fixed back. And sooner is better. All right. There it is. And as always, my name is Mike. Stay active, stay healthy, and do your best to put a smile on someone else's face. I will talk to you later. See ya. Hey, it's Mike here. I hope this episode is helping you out and answering some questions. If I'm not hitting every topic right on for you, if there's something specific that you have about your injury uh, or you want to discuss unique findings on the exam or your history, your MRI, your x-rays, whatever it might be, head to our website at h2orthopedics.com and scroll to the bottom for an opportunity to sign up for a virtual visit where we can either have a Zoom call, we can do a telephone call, whatever it might be, and we can discuss the specifics of your injury in more detail and hopefully get the answer you're looking for. Again, that's h2orthopedics.com. Scroll to the bottom for the virtual visit, and I will talk to you next time.